Welcome to our special seven questions edition of How to Win a Campaign. I'm Martin Diego Garcia, and you can find us at CMPWRKSHP on Twitter or at the Campaign Workshop on Instagram. On this series, we're talking with some of our favorite authors, content creators, and influencers, and you can find our seven questions that inspired this conversation at thecampaignworkshop.com or in the show notes. Our guest for this episode is Josh Green, who is the CEO of the Mather Group, where he focuses on utilizing Wikipedia, SEO, retargeting, and pay-per-click as a means of improving clients' online presence and web traffic. Josh worked in corporate marketing before starting the Mather Group and has a keen understanding of how SEO and web presence can really enhance a brand. Josh, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. So you have a particularly unique insight that you're going to give our listeners, which I'm super excited about. And so the first question we have for you is, in what cases is it beneficial for a company or an organization to actually have a Wikipedia page? In a lot of cases, it's almost a question of does one already exist for that organization? Oftentimes, it's something that is already out there. And it's a question of how should they react to it and respond to it. Setting up a Wikipedia page from scratch is, is usually much more challenging. And that's where you get into the questions of, do you really want one or not? But most of the people we're talking to generally have one, whether or not they wanted one, and they're trying to figure out what, if anything, they should be doing about it. And so can you talk a little bit about what are the benefits of having one? Wikipedia is one of the top five most viewed websites in the world, just on a standalone basis. And almost more importantly, it's almost always a top three Google search result. It powers the knowledge panel in the top right side of Google. YouTube uses it a little bit. So whatever's on your Wikipedia page tends to get treated as objective fact. And that obviously has a huge impact on perception of your organization when people see that. Absolutely. I mean, I definitely utilize Wikipedia more often than not and do assume that it is truth um, and that Messenger is is someone that we all trust. So say our listeners have bought in. Okay, they're going to have a Wikipedia page. What are some of the biggest mistakes you have seen when it comes to approaches to having a Wikipedia page? There are several. I think the first one is assuming that Wikipedia is fixed and ever unchanging, that you have a Wikipedia page, that's it, and Wikipedia has decided that that's what it will say about your organization forever and ever. In reality, it's continuously evolving and Wikipedia at its heart is a giant social network of editors, all of whom contribute for various reasons. So what Wikipedia and air quotes allows on one day could be very different from the next day, depending on which editor and what they focus on happens to be looking at on any given day. So understanding the nature of Wikipedia is often the first thing. And then I would say the second most common or biggest mistake people make is assuming that Wikipedia will work the way they want and that they can just go in and immediately fix anything that bothers them. That's sort of the flip side of the image of Wikipedia is something anyone can edit. The fact that there's an edit button on every page tends to encourage type A personalities to just go in and fix it without maybe understanding the rules that govern Wikipedia, which can have a lot of unintended consequences. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So if these organizations are going in, what are some ways in which they can take a better approach to having a a better Wikipedia presence? It usually starts with understanding how Wikipedia works 
And then the second thing is understanding that there is actually a process for organizations to follow to request changes to a page. On every page, there's a talk tab at the top along with the history and the edit buttons. And that allows you to see every conversation about changing the page that's happened. So if you're an organization, you can suggest edits to the page versus editing your own page, which is very much frowned upon by Wikipedia's community. Gotcha. Okay. So what are some ways that you have seen Wikipedia really help either advocacy or political campaigns up their SEO, highlight their branding? What are some beneficial ways that advocacy and political campaigns have used it? I think the one that that stands out the most is just having an objective view about whatever that advocacy issue or campaign is so that when someone goes and, and looks up what you know, maybe an amendment in a particular state is, they can actually get, here's what the issue is, here's what the facts are, here's a bunch of citations where you can sort of look them up if you want to. And that percolates through a lot of different places. And as you mentioned, it becomes a source for a lot of people, including news coverage as a starting point. So it really gives you an opportunity to have a fair and and sort of neutral viewpoint on any particular topic out there that then tends to populate a lot of places around the web where it might show up. There is also an SEO benefit. We've seen that there are some benefits to SEO, despite the fact most Wikipedia links are no follow. It does have some beneficial SEO impacts, but I would say it's far greater, more uh, the distribution of the messaging that goes out. Absolutely. And for some of our listeners who haven't heard about SEO, will you quickly just give us a a quick rundown? Yes. SEO is usually defined as search engine optimization. So figuring out how to rank higher for things you would like to in Google. A large part of that, in addition to the content of your page, is how many different people link to you. So Wikipedia linking to your site has a, a small SEO impact. But if you are solely focused on SEO, there are much easier ways to go about it and much more direct ways than Wikipedia. Gotcha. Right. So the hope is like when you go into your search engine, Google or Yahoo or whatever, your page right comes up higher in the search results. Mm-hmm. The likely the more somebody is going to click on it. And just like press, if you had the Washington Post, the New York Times and political all write a story about something that's probably going to move up in the rankings. So that's essentially how SEO works. Great, 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 great. Now, uh, the digital space, right, like this, the internet is constantly, constantly changing. Can you talk a little bit about how specifically the digital marketing landscape is changing and what our listeners should be thinking about? What we've certainly seen a lot about lately is the costs for digital marketing across the major players, the Facebooks and the Googles has gone up and the amount of information you get back has decreased because of all the privacy initiatives in things like Apple's updates. And what that's done is it's really raised the costs. You see it a lot in the direct-to-consumer space. So so places like Warby Parker or Allbirds that are selling direct in their earnings report are really seeing the costs of that digital marketing going up. And a lot of it goes to the idea that Building your house on rented land always can have unintended consequences. You don't know how the rules of of the game are necessarily going to change. So 
we definitely see a move towards sort of owned media. So email lists are still extremely powerful, perhaps not as sexy as paid marketing or paid social, but you own that list, you can do what you want with that list. So we're seeing that, we're seeing a number of organizations actually buying media properties, smaller or larger, because in some ways it's become more cost-effective to have their own captive magazine almost than it is to do advertising across some other properties. So we're seeing a lot of organizations try and reassess how they're getting their message out there. It used to be much easier to just have a pot of money, spend it on Facebook, and you knew you'd get some predictable results. And that's really changed pretty dramatically over the last 18 months. Which I think why I think talking right now about SEO and and places like Wikipedia, right, where you're sort of meeting your consumers or your voters or your audience sort of where they're already on the internet is going to be super important, I would imagine, in the coming cycles, elections, campaigns, etc. What are some common mistakes that you have seen companies or organizations make in the digital marketing space that our listeners could potentially avoid? I think the first thing that's important and that often gets overlooked is the need for testing and the ability to do testing. Oftentimes, especially in an advocacy campaign, emotions are hot. There's a, we're going to spend the money to win the campaign and we're going to spend it now. There's always time to do some sort of testing. It seems to be a rite of passage for everyone in the digital space that at some point, you forget to put a budget on a campaign you launch and blow through your first month's budget in the first day or two. So so certainly budgeting and testing are probably easier than they've ever been. And that's, that's really an important starting point, um, especially if you're starting out on a new channel, which could be very effective, but you don't know necessarily how it will work for your message before you jump into it. What are some simple ways that you have done some of that testing that, say, smaller organizations or campaigns could easily do? What we generally recommend is even before you, you know, maybe have an agency do something for you, set up a basic campaign for $5 a day, be it on Facebook, it could be Instagram ads, if you're trying TikTok, and try doing your own ads yourself, even if it's for a day or two, because it really helps you learn the questions that you need to ask. Even if you stumble through it and waste $20, you're going to have a much better feel for what's going on when you're trying to, you know, sort of expand out to a full campaign where you're spending tens of thousands of dollars. But to the extent that you can do a little bit of that yourself, if you're going to be running the campaign, that'll pay you back tenfold. Gotcha. Super, super helpful. So say our listeners are bought in. You got them. You've converted them. They are in and about Wikipedia and SEO. What are some good resources for information on both of those that they could find? Wikipedia does a really good job on its own site about offering tutorials on how things work. Wikipedia fundamentally would like more editors. So there is tons of training about how to use Wikipedia, what you can and can't do, what pages might need help, all of those things. So you really don't even have to, to sort of pay for any of that information. It just takes a little bit of time. But Wikipedia has a ton of great on-site resources. If you're looking at organic search or the search world, moz.com, M-O-Z.com has a ton of free, fantastic material on it. 
They have a lot of tools. Uh, I, I would usually start there as an education point. And the other platform that, that has good materials that we like is SEMrush. SEMrush is, is good for analyzing other people's paid campaigns. It'll show you what competitors are doing, which is always helpful. And then Google itself has a ton of resources. You always want to take that with a grain of salt in terms of what is their objective with offering you information. In the case of ad spend, they probably would like you to spend your money with them and more of it. So that's worth taking into account when you're looking at materials. Awesome. Awesome. And there are resources on the campaignworkshop.com too, as well. Do you have any favorite tools that you use for web optimization or SEO that you recommend? Both of those sites, Moz and SEMrush, have really good tools. You can do a ton of research on them. Google has its own keyword tool where you can see what people are browsing on. That's often really helpful in terms of issues. Sort of the difference between, say, impaired driving and drunk driving Everyone searches on drunk driving. It might not be the term that if you were in the alcohol industry, you would hope they would use. But if you're going to optimize for SEO, you really want to make sure you're, like you said, meeting people where they are. And then Google's search console for site owners lets you get official information from Google about what people are searching on, what pages in your site are being indexed, and really any official messaging Google needs to give you. So that's you know, a five or 10 minute setup and very valuable as you're getting started. Great, great, great. I, and I would imagine our listeners are often thinking about other information and other ways we can get the information. What podcasts have you enjoyed listening to recently? That's a great question. I'm a big fan of duct tape marketing for sort of the smaller organizations, sort of how to, you know, do it yourself or do it with a small team. And then Christopher Lockhead has a podcast on category creation, which I really like, and I think lends itself to advocacy campaigns where you're not trying to take market share in the market for printers, you're trying to create a whole new category and a movement where people can buy into. So that's been particularly powerful in terms of thinking different. So I would, I would definitely encourage people to check out those two. Noted, noted. I definitely will. Well, Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me on, Martine. I really appreciate it. Of course, of course. So for more info on this topic, make sure to check out our blog at thecampaignworkshop.com. And if you want to hear more of these, be sure to like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, I'm Martin Diego Garcia, breaking down how to win a campaign. How to Win a Campaign is Joe Fold, Martin Diego Garcia, Elizabeth Rowe, Dina Castillo, Amanda Ellis, Porobi Saha, and Anna Cruxen. Music by Danielle Pinto. Sound editing by The Sound Sanagoma. Special thanks to the team at the Campaign Workshop. Please review, like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.